Hi, welcome back to the Righteous Ruckus Podcast. I'm your host, Riley Lowe. And um, this week, I'm going to kind of talk about, I guess, maybe either feeling like or or whatever, maybe feeling like you're away from God or not where you should be. And this is going to be, I'm not going to lie, this is going to be um, scripture heavy, but I think it'll be a good one. So let's get into it. All right, so when I think back to even during the times of my life before I was saved, when I would have considered myself um, a Christian, if you would have asked me, I would say, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian, you know, whatever, even though I wasn't saved yet, I never actually humbled myself and cried out to God and asked for salvation. Um, even during that time, you know, I... Like there was a feel, there was always this feeling like a, that God was at a distance, right? That God was at a distance, almost. Oh, I don't know, you know, almost like something that you know is there and know that you should focus on and know that you should do. I mean, that was the Holy Spirit uh, convicting me, right? He was like, "Come on, Riley, come on, just do this thing," and like pulling me, my conscious, right, was pulling me to do the right thing, and. During that time, you know, I, I knew what I should do, but I would just constantly try to suppress it. I would try to try to push it down and just try to ignore it. And then, you know, in the end, I wound up giving in. Thank goodness. Praise the Lord for that. But uh, I, want, I just want to kind of go through that, that thought process because the reality is whenever, and there's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian now. I've been a Christian for a lot of years. There's still times when I will feel, and that was kind of recently. I had just, I mean, it, I'm not talking like weeks or months or even a season or anything like that. I'm just talking about just a short period there where I woke up one day and I was like, I don't feel like I'm close to God today. I don't, what, what has changed? You know, it's kind of a time to kind of take, I take, kind of take inventory of where I'm at, where my prayer life, you know, have I fasted at all? Have I been in the word of God? Um, you know, kind of take inventory and kind of, kind of analyze my life at that particular point and be like, what's, what's going on? Because the reality is if I'm not feeling like God is close, then the only one thing has changed. I have moved further away from God because God has not moved further away from me. God has not moved. I've moved. And right? if you're not feeling close to God or your relationship from God seems like it's waning some, then you need to turn and get back to God run back with open arms like the like the prodigal son right he's messed up he's coming home maybe not to that extent you know like but you need to go get back to god you know turn from the direction you're going and focus and get reacquainted and get back to god and say hey, man i'm i want to get as close as i can and uh and and refocus right basically refocus so if you look here this is in romans 5 we're going to be i think yeah, all my verses are from Romans and Isaiah. And am I, this is what kind of got me thinking about this, actually, is been doing the, the Bible in a year, and we're in Isaiah right now. And so just the other day, actually, it was the same day, coincidentally, that I woke up and kind of felt distant um, from God was when I was kind of convicted some with and reassured um, in the readings from Isaiah. But uh, let's start in Romans 5. 
And so listen to this. Um, this is Romans 5, 12. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and, doth, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. The reality is we are all sinners. And unfortunately, I continue to sin. All right, now I'm struggling and trying to turn away from that sin. There's a, you know, there's a difference between just um, thinking you have a license to sin or even ignorance of sin altogether, so you just sin with, without even thinking about it, uh, which would be you know, unrepentant sin. And then sin, which you're struggling against and fighting against. Right? There's a difference between those two. However, what this is saying here in Romans 5.12 is that, um, you know, because of the fall of Adam, right? And the, the blame's placed on Adam basically because he's he's the head of the family. He's the first creation, right? You, you know, you could easily make the argument, oh, well, Eve's the first one to eat of the fruit, you know, and then she gave it to Adam. But yeah, Adam willingly took it too. And he, because once they both ate of it, and there's no, there's no turning back. There's no people there that haven't sinned at that point, right? So then that sin lineage gets passed down all the way down to us. But so what it's saying is because sin, in, that's when sin entered the world and it gets passed down and we've all sinned. I don't know if you've ever watched, I mean, some people are fans, some people aren't of, of Ray Comfort. He does a real good job of his, in his street preaching videos where he's, you know, he'll convict people. Just, he just uses the 10 commandments. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I have no other God before, or, or even the, you know, not use the, the name of the Lord God in vain. People are like, well, I've never done that. We're like, oh, yeah, have you ever said OMG or thought about, even texted somebody OMG? What does that stand for? That's using the God's, God's name in vain, right? That's just the way it is. So, and those are things that we struggle with, right? And, you know, Jesus even says in there that uh, he came to fulfill the law, and the law was basically to let us know that we are imperfect and incapable of keeping it, incapable of being perfect beings, and that we need, pointing us to the fact that we needed a Savior and we needed repentance and we needed salvation. So, I mean, that's Romans 5 talking. That's just kind of talking about sin entered the world and now it's been spread to all men because all have sinned. But Ray Comfort does a good job about it. He just goes through that stuff. Man, he convicts people like no other. And uh, when he's watching it, it's, it makes you convicted because you're like, yep, 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 I'm the same way. And then let's go over to Romans 3, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All right? So the glory of God is the standard. that That's what we're shooting for. That's the glory of God. And we've all fallen, sh- fallen short of that. Why? Because we have all sinned. So we've lacked perfection because we've sinned. All right? sin you're not perfect and it's easy to say oh nobody's perfect but that doesn't mean we shouldn't strive to be perfect perfection is the goal perfection is found in jesus that's the goal so that's what we need to strive for and but unfortunately we've all fallen short of the glory of god so um you know actually i I do uh, you know i'm like i said scripture heavy i'm all in zay and robins but i'm also in uh here there is a spot here i made some notes in uh i'm in c.s lewis mere christianity um, here he says, uh, only a bad person needs to repent. Only a good person can repent perfectly. The worse you are, the more you need it. 
and the less you can do it. The only person who could do it perfectly would be a perfect person, and he would not need it. Right? So think about that. I'm going to read that one more time. Think your way through this. This is pretty deep stuff. Only a bad person needs to repent. If you're perfect, you don't need to repent. But only a good person can repent perfectly. You have to be perfectly good to be able to repent perfectly and not sin again. So only a uh, good person can repent perfectly. The worse you are, the more you need it. That's true. And the less you can do it. The worse you are, the less capable of you uh, are of doing it. The only person who could do it perfectly would be a perfect person, and he would not need it. That's Jesus, right? It's describing Jesus. Jesus is the perfect person, and he does not need to repent because he is perfect. But yet, uh, he wound up, you know, if you if you. If you uh, follow that out, he wound up standing in our place, allowing us to be viewed as perfect in God's eyes because we are covered by the grace of, uh, of his death. Um, so for all have fallen short of the glory of God. Uh, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So I'm going to come back to that later. Actually, we're going to follow through with that. Now, listen to this. This is what was kind of, this was the other day, like I said. I was like, I was like man, I just feel just kind of distant. I don't like that feeling. I feel like I need to be closer to God, need to be. I mean, think about it. If you, if you're lost in the desert and you were thirsty, you needed water, right? But the reason why you, the water is where the water is, but you're, you know, instead of crawling away from the water, you need to be sure you're crawling to the water. You're so things are going to get worse. If you crawl away from the water, if you know where the water's at, you need to get to it as soon as you can. Then your thirst will be be quenched. Easy for me to say. All right, so here's in Isaiah 55. So this is the thing to think about. This is kind of, I don't know, the, the, the abstract or the, 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 the big thought here is when I think about this. Because it's easy to say, oh, well, I mean, I'm a pretty good person or I'm okay. I'm not as bad as that person. And, uh, and when you're going through a tough time, what, what does all this mean, right? What's the meaning of life, the meaning of everything? Um. So it's easy to to look around at the world and be like, well, yeah, we're all sinners, but how come these sinners, nothing's happening to them. They almost seem like they're re- rewarded for their sin in this world, right? So here's something I want you to think about. This is Isaiah 55, verse 8. Uh, so we're going to do 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. So we have this finite human brain. We are not omnipresent. We are not uh, omniscient. We are not any of those fancy words to describe the different powers of God. We're not that. All we have is this one little short experience that is our human life. And it's easy to get caught up in thinking that what we see is, you know, like I said, if somebody is uh, sinning and they're getting away with it and it just seems awful, well, there, I mean, there are times coming. It's, it, the temptation is to say, oh, well, to say that they're going to get their, 
what's coming to them in eternity is kind of a cop out or cheesy, but that's the reality. That's the reality of that. Okay. And so we have to focus on not necessarily the blip on the radar screen that is this life, but we have to focus more on, on the eternity. And we have to trust that, uh, that God's ways and that God's thoughts and that God's plan is infinitely higher than our reality, that our perception that we see and what we view as what would be justice or, or righteousness, right? So that's why he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. And like, look, guys, I'm so far above you guys. You have no idea. He says, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Because we, he's basically saying, guys, you just, you cannot comprehend what is going on? You cannot comprehend my plan, right? That's what he's saying. And if you look in Isaiah 59, so in Isaiah 59, here he's talking about kind of this, what's, why are we separated? You know, where's this separation coming into play here? This is what kind of jumped out at me as well. In Isaiah 59, this is uh, verse one. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear, for your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies. Your tongue has muttered perversity. All right? So that's the thing there. You think... You're you're separated from God's holiness because of things you've done. I mean, it's like it's saying God's hand is not shortened. We're not out of his reach. He is reaching out to you now. He is reaching out to me constantly. All you got to do is reach back. Okay. Uh, He's not going to slap you upside the head and turn you around and force you to come over there. That's not love. Love has to be freely, freely given. Right. Um, we're not just as, as I've heard, uh, Frank Turk say before, we're not just moist robots, just doing whatever God has told us to do. Yes, sir. Yes, master. Yes, that's it. Now, you know, if that was the case then there would be nobody that would sin. Right. And the option wouldn't be on the table. We would have to be forced to obey. Right. That we're not just robots. We are given this, um, free will so that we can freely choose to love God or to turn away from God. We have that choice. And what's separated us from God is that God is reaching for us. God is listening for us to repent, right? That's what it says. His hand is not shortened. His ear is, nor is ear heavy. So it's not saying that he cannot save and that he cannot hear. He is wanting to do that. That's his goal. But your iniquities have separated you from God. What you have done has separated you from God, right? Your sins have hidden his face from you. In other words, he is holy. You are not. Your sins make it to where that's creating this separation is these sins. So that's the thing. We have to turn away from our sins. Now look at this. And this is, you know, his ways are so much more than our, and I can't stress that enough. How many times have you gone through, if you're a Christian, how many times have you gone through life and you think this is just the worst season I've ever been through? 
It's doom. It's gloom. There's nothing good can, can come out of this, right? And then you look back on it once you've made it through that storm and you realize and you take inventory of how you're stronger, how you're closer to God, the things, the good things that have come out of that. And even if not, like, like here's the thing, like, man, like when I had my wreck 10 years ago, I remember thinking, you know, everybody was like, oh, that's just so awful. That's just, oh, my goodness. But I was closer to God than I've ever been in that situation, or almost than I've ever been in that situation. I was so close to God because that was all distractions were taken away. That's the only thing I could focus on was God and what's gonna, how he's going to help me in this situation. I was crying out to him, God, help me, right? Now, if I would have died, I would have died, but I didn't die. So, But there's been so many doors open, as I've mentioned before on this podcast, from that situation, from me being able to um, to give people and witness to people and 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 work in a testimony during that, talking about what happened to me. Same way with my cancer that was just uh, this year, right? At the beginning of this year, end of the last year is when I had uh, my colon cancer. And going through that, um, I, I can now identify with people that have cancer. Right, that's the reality, and I can help uh, comfort. I can help um, help people through that because you have that relationship, that common ground to start conversations with, and it's an amazing thing. It really is. And so, like, did I want cancer? No. Um, do I want cancer again? No. Um, am I glad that I had the experience and have become a stronger Christian and am closer to God? By going through it, yes, I'm happy for the outcome. I definitely wasn't enjoying, wasn't enjoying the experience, but I'm definitely happy uh, and enjoying the outcome and the opportunity that has arisen because of that. And I just, I hope that I don't squander the opportunity. I've squandered too many opportunities in my life, and I don't want to squander any more opportunities. Even though I'm, I'm I know I will. I know I'll come up short. Um, but here in Romans eight twenty eight. Um, this is something I've realized and has really been definitely proven um, to me in my life. And Romans 8.28 is a famous verse. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, what this is not saying is that if, if I, because I'm a Christian, I'm going to be Rich, famous, healthy, uh, influential, whatever, whatever the whatever standards there are in this world, right? Of of perf- perfection or success, it's not saying, oh well, because um, because you're a Christian, well now all things work together for good, right? A lot of people stop right there, oh. and and you know a lot of people say, and we know that all things work together for good. You stop too soon, right? All, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. That sounds great too, right? You're a Christian. You love God. Great. Everything's going to be good. No. To those who are called according to his purpose. His purpose. That's the focus of that is his purpose. God's plan, not your plan. Remember, his ways are infinitely higher than our ways. His plan is infinitely bigger than our plan um, one of the things, 
I'm actually reminded of right now is a conversation I had with our pastor here a while back. I was telling him about, uh, I was struggling with my calling, right? With my calling, God's calling. And I'd actually just started this podcast very recently whenever that conversation took place. And, and he told me, he said, Riley, you need to, you need to be open to God's plan because it's all, it's very, very likely and very, very common for, God's plan to be completely different than your plan, right? God's plan to be completely different than your plan. You know, at the time I was thinking, man, man, I, I need to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. I got to figure something out. I don't know. And, um, and really I have in, enjoyed this podcast and gotten feedback from this podcast to the extent that I know that this podcast is helping people. If that makes sense, there's people out there that I just, just this week, um, somebody I didn't even know approached me and was saying how much they enjoyed the podcast. They just, they recognized me and they, oh, I enjoy the podcast. Now, yes, it was at church. So they, I mean, they knew, they obviously knew who I was, but I, I did not know them. So that was such a pleasure to know that I'm impacting and affecting the lives of people that I have never physically met in person, Right. That's the beauty of this of the technology that the age that we're in. Yes, it can be used for evil, and it often is, but it can also be used to spread good news. So, it's it's that's the thing. This can you have to strive to be in God's will, though. All things work together to good for to uh, for good to know to those who love God, those who are called according to His purpose. You need to strive to be in the will of God to be in God's purpose for your life to be doing that and constantly pursuing that. And sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you're like, man, I don't know. I don't know what way to turn, what way to go. And that's the time for prayer, for fasting, for everything. I'm actually, I think maybe that's, that thoughts keeps coming into my brain uh, about fasting. And it's something that I've actually, you know, recently kind of got into and recently have also seen the benefits of that I might kind of try to expand on, even though I'm a novice at it and I'm new at it and everything else, I might try to expand on some fasting on the next episode. So stay tuned for that, of course. Um, but then we have to try to be in his will, in his purpose. So um, that's the, and that's the beauty of what Jesus has done for us. Right. Is we are incapable, like I said, is a, like I said, in this C.S. Lewis deal uh, where he said only a bad person needs to repent. Well, that's all of us. We're bad people. I'm a bad person. I need to repent. But uh, the catch is uh, only a good person can repent perfectly. I'm incapable of it. So I need a savior. I need Jesus. So here's here's uh, uh, the next verse. Romans five, Romans five, six. For when we were still without strength, um, and in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. But yet perhaps for a good man, someone should even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. So, it's saying even though we people would hardly die for a righteous man, 
and even maybe for a good man, someone would dare to die. You know, uh, what's uh, the, you, you know, one of the greatest things you can do, the sign of love is laying your life down for your brothers. Um, that's, that's from Jesus. But it's, that's what's saying. But, you know, we're, we're saying it's, it's a scarce thing for somebody to die for somebody else. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, we were the bad people. Christ died for us. He died for you. He died so that we don't have to spiritually die and spend eternity in hell. So that's, that's an awesome thing. Now, here's something I want to come back to. And I want to, let's, uh, let me look at the time. Uh, yeah, I want to close with this. So here's the thing. Remember earlier I did uh, Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, it's just part of the story. I want you to listen as I expand this. I'm going to go from 23 all the way to 26, okay? And this is kind of the big picture, all right? And so here, as I close here, listen to this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God set forth as a propitiation by his blood through faith to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance God had passed over the sins that were previously committed to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. That's saying no matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what your life has been like, no matter how bad a person you are, even though you need to be perfect to be have have uh, to, to have perfect uh, justice done or, or, or repent perfectly, it's saying you don't have to do that because it's saying that God, in the form of Jesus, has done that all for you, all for you. Because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. He doesn't see you. He sees the righteousness and the perfection of Jesus Christ in your life. That's what he sees when he looks at you. That's what he sees whenever you say, Lord, I need you and I need your salvation. I need you, God. Come to my life. Change my life. I need you. That's what God sees at that moment. He, from that moment forward, he will not see your sins. He will not see your iniquity. iniquity. He will not see your shortcomings. He will see the perfection of Jesus Christ. <laughs>